Hey, it's Ben, and welcome to the Upgraded Executive Podcast, where my good friend Nick and I discuss the tools, techniques, and strategies that you can use to upgrade your own personal and professional performance. We have recorded the first 10 shows, and we will be releasing these over the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. In this episode, Nick and I are discussing managing time with strategies and tools around the process of planning and exercising conscious control of time spent on specific activities, especially to increase effectiveness, efficiency, and productivity. Hey Ben, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you sir, very good. So today we're talking about time management and how do we get yeah. more time in our lives. We are, I love this one. Yeah, this is the topic that first got me into self-development, mm. um, where I was trying to be as efficient with my time as possible. Um, and then that then led on to everything else from energy and sleep and stress, etc. But yeah, this is this is quite close to my heart because it's where I started on my journey. Well, can you expand on that? That sounds really interesting. So I think I I was working in a corporate career. So mm. for being a performance coach, I spent twenty years uh, helping organisations run business transmission programs and it was a fairly demanding job lots going on lots of meetings lots of tasks lots of emails i was looking for ways of just becoming more efficient so i started listening to podcasts um there's one in particular that's excellent called asian efficiency okay and um i then just started getting into how do i myself become as productive as possible so mm. i can do more with my time mm. I think for me, one of the, you know, I think a lot of the viewers and listeners will have probably listened to the first few episodes and gone, right, so now you're expecting me to have a morning routine in place, you know, meditate and I'm going to do some exercise and I'm going to spend some more time with my family, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have more downtime. Like, how do I, how do I fit this in? Mm. Because my life's already back to back busy with, work just life stuff and i think if you can become more efficient and more conscious of way you're spending your time then i think absolutely you can start to become more efficient in your work day yes and means that you've got more time for the other things that you enjoy yes so what are some of your favorite ways of being really efficient with your time and maximizing the amount of time that you spend on work every day, Ben. Sure. So, so I read the Four Hour Work Week years ago and found it very profound. And I also read the Be Myth Demystified seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I I applied those strategies with my previous business in terms of. Well, the, the premise with EMIF demystified is super interesting that most small businesses don't scale mm-hmm. because the owner who has also the trade craft doesn't want to delegate yeah. um, and wants to keep on doing all the activities themselves because they're the best at it. So the business doesn't scale. So that's the first half of the book. The second half of the book is talking around designing a turnkey business that's based on systems, processes and strategies and the book talks around a great example, whether or not um, you're into their, their food, but McDonald's, so you can go anywhere around the world and the burger tastes the same. Yeah. 
produced in roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought that those two books were, were really interesting in terms of what can I outsource, what can I automate, what can I systemize. Mm-hmm. So I looked at all the different duties and activities I was doing as a joint owner of a business and delegated, outsourced, systemized, automated everything. Mm. I took a period of time, but that, that was when the penny dropped for me from, from running around thinking like I had to do everything and doing stuff sometimes really poorly mm. um, and feeling like I hadn't got enough time to taking back, I would say, control and outsourcing to experts, domain specialists, using software if I had to manually do a task more than once or twice, mm. um, hiring a remote team that could do all my admin work. Mm. And a lot of work at scale, which which wouldn't make sense for me in terms of um, the value I could bring versus yeah. what I could source at a much lower rate. So so it was a complete combination of strategies from where I was feeling like I was doing a lot and not very well because a lot of the things I was doing when I was managing and growing the business I hadn't done before. Yeah. Um, so I was I was wearing a multitude of hats. Um, learning as I was going on, which is all fine, but those those books massively resonated and I suppose appeared at the right point in my journey to take mm-hmm. a more strategic um, <clears throat> which freed up loads of my time for focusing on whatever I wanted to do and enjoyed doing. Yeah, excellent. I had a I had a similar experience with a book. I mean, now I think the particularly the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week, so it's just a, a classic now. Mm. You know, I think you know some of the things he does in that book to outsource and the way he's able to run the business just phenomenal. Yeah. But there's a book for me um, that really had a massive impact on me, and it was um, Getting Things Done by a guy called David Allen. Mm. And so I used to I used to walk around every day with everything in my head. You know, from you know I have to pick up that dry cleaning to I need to make sure I send somebody an email from a work point of view or I've mm. got this presentation to actually do or I've got this bill to pay. And um, what getting things done really did for me is it made me go through every loose end that is in my life mm. and get it down in one place. And then from that one place then, everything from, that, from like a work, future project point of view, your current workload, uh, stuff going on with your with your health and your finances, every, just literally everything that you can think think of, and then you're in a position where you can start to look at a very long list of things. Let's mm. say, you know, which of these things is the priority? Which of these things really requires my attention? And which of these things, to your point, can I outsource or automate or just even get rid of because they're not that important? I think when I when I did that, I found that I slept better. I found that my stress levels went down because it wasn't circulating around my head. Mm. I felt as though I had more energy to give to the things that were truly important for the first time. Yes. Yeah, I think that's so important. That really resonates as well, actually, Nick, which is if I've got thoughts going around my head, they can be quite confusing and I'm not sure completely where to start and the answer isn't sometimes obvious mm-hmm. but in terms of writing them down that really helps to focus my mind in mm-hmm. terms of what do I actually need to do if at all and 
then in what order and mm. how to prioritize mm. so, so as well as getting out of one's head which isn't particularly good to to keep on thinking about stuff that's that's really helpful in terms of um writing it down and then sensibly ordering it and working out okay i do want to do that that is that is necessary or essential do you know what after after writing that down and thinking about it some more that's not important i can leave that one yeah i found there is a, an immense amount of value for me in using a task manager okay so yeah. i've used several over the years and we can put details in the show notes but yeah having something on my phone that i can add, add tasks to or speak to Alexa and Alexa adds the task or speak to Siri and Siri adds the task just means there's less friction yeah and and then I go through a regular process of okay so what are the things I absolutely must do this morning this afternoon you know what is what am I going to be doing tomorrow and the day after what, what am I going to be doing on the weekend you know, what can I hold back until next week or the week after you know, and I've, I've even got a list of things that are on my Sunday maybe list. So by that, I mean, it's something that I want to do. I may want to do it, but at some point in the future, I don't know when. It just means that I don't forget. Yep. And I might review that Sunday maybe list once a month. Yep. But I'm always conscious of making sure that any loose ends are captured and then they're prioritized and then they're scheduled to be done at some point. Um, within the next month? I, I like um, 30, 60, 90 day sprints mm. and not looking, I've got some longer term, longer term goals, but typically I work within a three month window. So what am I doing this month, the following and, and the following and what do I want that, what do I want the next three months to look like? Mm. There's a really good resource, a uh, really good book. Uh, the author escapes me, but we'll pop it in the show notes once again. Mm. It's called The 12 Week Year, and it's exactly <laughs> what you're referring to there. It's basically get more done in 12 weeks than people normally do in 12 months. Right. And it, it's, a, it's a really good strategy to start shifting the needle on certain things. Yes. Um, particularly if there are habits that you're looking to introduce. Yeah. It's really, really effective. And I think though, when you have a three month horizon, you can then go into a planning cycle that says, okay, this is what I want to do in the quarter. Every month you can set yourself things that you want to do in that month that leads towards that three-month goal. Then you can yes. start to break it down by week and then by day. And if you yeah. get into a routine of, you know, you're doing your quarterly planning, you're doing your monthly planning and review, you're doing your weekly planning and review, and you do a daily planning and review, you've always got in front of your mind what is truly important is particularly towards that three-month goal. Have you come across Dan Sullivan and the strategic coach? Yes. Yeah, I have. I, I love Dan Sullivan. His podcast series is amazing. And he advocates planning the year so there's one key task with a key outcome per day. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way of thinking about it because one would then have 365 amazing things that they're achieving. Mm. I just thought it was a really, really neat way of looking at, at, at life and a day. What's, what's the one thing I could achieve and what would the outcome look like? Yeah, I like, I like Dan Sullivan's work and uh, strategic coach is something that I'll definitely do one day. Mm. I think for me, though, the only thing I tend to plan on an annual basis is holidays. 
Sure. So I get those sort of locked in. I won't necessarily have them booked, but the time will be put aside. Yeah. I much prefer looking at it from a from a three month point of view. I give myself that real focus over the three months, as opposed to trying to do like one thing every single day. And I get what Dan's saying because you know, even if one day you write a blog post and one day, you know, you, you're creating some kind of other asset for your business, you know, after a year you've got 365 really meaningful things. And mm-hmm. I, just, I just find that people lose momentum sometimes. They might miss one or two days and they go, ah. Whereas if there's a really clear focus over three months, a month, a week, a day, people are much more likely to take action. Sure. I mean, I loved what you were saying earlier about um, the author of the 12 weeks in a year. Yep. I mean, what, what a, great, a great mindset if somebody were able to do that. Um, I think Tim Ferriss talks around that as well, interestingly, which is what would one do if one had four hours a day to yeah. do what they needed to do? And what would one do if they had an hour a day or an hour a week and having that mindset of what would I need to have in place? to make my life a reality and to function, yeah. Yeah. Which, which builds on, I think, to Pareto's law, so the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. So in a company, 80% of sales will probably come from 20% of the client base. Yeah. So just in terms of where do I get my biggest bang for buck in terms mm. of what I'm doing? And we mentioned in one of the previous podcasts around Parkinson's law. Mm-hmm. So if somebody allocates a time for an activity, that activity will probably take that time, mm. both positively and negatively. So if I allocate an hour to, to do something, I'll probably get it done within the hour. Mm. If I allocate three hours, it will probably take me three hours. So yeah. those, those, two, those two rules have been really powerful um, as, a, as a mindset with, with what I've been doing probably for the last 10 years. Mm. I think for me, going back to, I think we mentioned this in the previous episode, if you look at the work by Brian Tracy around Eat Your Frog, mm. he focuses on doing the most important task first thing in the morning yes. yeah. before you get involved with email and meetings. So, and I think this builds on what you were saying about the Dan Sullivan principle of, you know, you one significant thing every mm. day, is that if you define your most important task of the day and get that done, you get this really great feeling because lots of people will procrastinate over the most important things. Yeah. They'll delay them to the end of the day. They don't get done. They go over to the next day. And they feel as though they're never taking action on the most important things. Yes. You put the time aside to focus on your most important task, one, two, three tasks. You feel incredible because you feel a real sense of achievement. Yes. And it also then builds on you doing the important work. Something that um, Dan Sullivan, in one of his podcasts, said, and this really resonated with me, and it's really made me think, is that use procrastination as a tool. So when you're procrastinating over something, use that as a signal to yourself to say, right, okay, if I'm procrastinating, it must mean that this thing is important. Mm. But there's some kind of inbuilt Mm. fear, worry. So it's actually giving you a a really clear cue that that thing is really important, so you have to get it done. Mm. So I tend to use procrastination now as a tool to understand, okay, so why am I procrastinating all this? Mm. Why am I allowing myself to get distracted? 
Is mm. it something that I need to outsource? Or is it something that there's some kind of inbuilt fear of failure or not doing the task service? You know, and I think when you get really curious then, you then start realizing, okay, I just don't like this stuff, therefore I'll, I'll outsource it. Or actually, there's something that really needs really needs my attention so it's going to have my attention sure i think again i keep on referencing tim ferris i'm just a fan and just just really like his writing but he makes he makes two points what's the worst that can happen mm-hmm. that might be holding somebody back and what's the cost of inactivity so what's the cost of not doing that thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah he, he also um there's also two other things that he says um I won't get them exactly exactly right word for word, but one is around like breaking the norm and doing something different from what everybody else is doing. Yes. And the other one is though if you had to do something within a short space of time, say you only had thirty minutes and suddenly had a gun to your head, what would you do? Yes. And I think it just it starts making you look at problems in a very different way. Yes. Uh, one of the classic things that you know Tim, Tim Ferriss did that was different was he would, rather than doing sales calls during the working day, he would get into the office early and start doing sales calls really early in the morning, knowing that the executive's PA wasn't there yes. yet. And the executives were getting into the office early, therefore he could, you know, it was a quiet time for them, nobody else. So he, he was able to be really successful in landing sales meetings. So just sometimes it's just about just trying to think about how you can solve the problem differently. Yeah, yeah. What about other things, Ben, that people can do that are sort of super practical that are going to give them more time during their day? So in we we touched on in detail in the first key three videos around increasing sleep or quality of sleep, um, increasing mindfulness and reducing stress and increasing energy. Mm. Um, so for me. I would start the night before, again, in terms of the setup for the next day. So part of that is, as you mentioned, what's the one or two key tasks with no interruptions that I'm going to do the following morning? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to stop. All right, I'm in deep work and I'll allow myself a break after 45 minutes to an hour. But I'm not going to stop until I've finished that first task oh. and then I'll move on to the next one. So oh. I'll, I'll get that out of my head and I'll plan that so I know exactly what I'm doing the following morning so yep. i don't need to think about that um and again we've mentioned these in the other videos but they're worth they're worth mentioning um i don't typically watch the news um because i don't need to worry about stuff that's out of my control and a lot of it's quite negative so i quite like staying in my ignorant bubble um and not knowing what's going on um and i'll read a lot in the evening but that will have an impact in terms of um, going to bed relatively early and having a quality night's sleep, meaning mm. that I'm fresh for the next day. So in terms of how I'm ma- managing my time and how efficient I'm, I'm being, that's kind of number one for me. Mm. If, I, if I'm fresh and I know I've had a good night's sleep, I'm in that performance zone already. And conversely, if I've had a very poor night's sleep, it's not really conducive to you know being on point and following all the best practice stuff that, that we most mostly do mm-hmm. um so so it starts the night before um for me in terms of planning that for the next day as well as what my nighttime routine looks like yeah um also bulletproof copy which you mentioned quite a few of the other ones so i'm sharp 
and I'm focused and I can carry on completing a task until it's finished. Mm, very good. I think, so I think it'd be really good for the listeners and viewers to look at previous podcast episodes because if you start implementing what we talk about in those, you're naturally going to be in the best possible place physically, mentally, emotionally, and yeah. you're going to be a lot more efficient with your time and you're going to get things done faster and you're going to be mentally more on the money. Yeah. Therefore, things don't take as long and you're not, you, you know, you're not relying on willpower to get things done. Yeah. I think the last episode particularly, we spoke a lot about uh, the impact of distractions, uh, the impact of email and how you should manage email. So I'm not going to go over that ground because the viewers and listeners can listen to my podcast or view it on YouTube. But I think there are, so, there are probably a couple of other areas that we haven't touched on that I think are probably important for people to think about. I think first one is not to multitask. Yeah. Because, you know, like the, the long-standing joke is, is that men can't multitask and women are great at multitasking. But sorry, ladies, we all suck at multitasking. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's impossible to multitask. You just task switching. Yeah. Um, so if you are working on a document and then you flick across your email, you're just context switching constantly. And that's probably the most unproductive place to be. What you want to do is, is try and turn off all notifications, yeah. have no distractions, and just sit down and just get the work done. Yes. And then I think then the second one is um, around being really, really intentional around things that have a degree of annoyance. Okay, and, and this plays into your point around automation or trying mm. to be slicker with things. So if you find yourself either during your working day or even in your home life, you find that you know, I just spend so much time doing X, Y, Z. You know, I think the, the classic one for me is that I can never find a phone, a phone charger. Mm. Well, just go out and buy six phone chargers and have one in the bedroom, one in the office, one in the kitchen. Try and find anywhere there's friction in your life. Mm. Find a way of taking that friction away so that you win back some time. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd add, Ben? So in, when you talk around intention, I would advocate having set times for looking at emails and again, we mentioned this on the previous video in terms of how, how somebody can have conscious balance in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, times for managing emails, times for essentially watching TV and having an autoresponder on, a, on an email to say, I will be available for calls or I'll be checking emails at these times, putting me as the individual back in control yeah. of how I handle other people's agendas. Mm. So just being conscious in terms of how I've segmented my day, so my day isn't running me, I'm running my day. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think that, that, that builds into the point that's becoming more and more popular now around building a not-to-do list. So what is the stuff <laughs> that you're not going to do? Because you find that that is an enormous pull on your time. Yeah. So if you can take five minutes to write down all the things that you want to stop doing, that's going to give you time back that's going to have an enormous amount of benefit. Yes. Good. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed this show. 
You can find the video, audio and detailed show notes at www.upgradedexecutive.com. At the end of this 10 episode podcast series, we will send all of our subscribers an exclusive ebook which summarizes everything that Nick and I discuss on the shows. Be sure to leave your details on our website. You can also find us on all of the social platforms at Connect With UE.